Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Whew. I'm not gonna lie, I am nervous, but uh, kind of reminds me when I played basketball, to be honest. I always got nervous when you ran out for them uh, goofy cheerleaders or whatever. And uh, they'd all do that stomp and clap and I'd make them stop because I gotta go to the bathroom. So right before he called my name, I snuck back to the bathroom. So we're good to go now. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, <laughs> I feel this right now. Um, if you could just go ahead and, and throw my title up there, because um, what's happened tonight, um, if it's been said, it has been written. Whoo, I feel that. If it has been said, it has been written. Somebody in this house needs to know you are above and not beneath. When Dina came out, what bent down couldn't hold her down no more. Somebody needs to understand that and realize you're above the enemy. You are the head and not the tail. Somebody needs to start declaring what God's been prospering over you. Woo. Oh, I feel this this morning or tonight, whatever it is. I feel this right now. I really do. Woo, in Jesus' name. Um, I got a lot of scripture to go through, so um, I'll just read the first, and y'all can be seated, and then I'll continue to read, because there's a lot I got to get through in this moment, but I'll be in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So I exhort the elders among you <laughs> as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not diminishing over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you are younger. Be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Woo, what a powerful scripture. What a powerful word. See, I love how the devil tries to take things away from God, for he is a liar. He is the father of lies. He is out to steal, kill, and destroy. For the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. For there is a second lion 
There is a second lion, and unlike the first lion, this lion has a name, for you are known by your name. We greet each other by our names, but when you get to know the name above all names, something moves, something changes, something happens. In the name of Jesus, for the first lion may seek around. He may seek around waiting to strike, waiting to catch you in moments of failure, moments of an embarrassment, moments of distraction. And opportunity he sees fit, he will strike. But the second lion doesn't have to wait for these failures or embarrassments or distractions. For the second lion's name, oh, do we want to say the name or do you want to experience the name? Leap about the name, shout about the name. For the name of for the name of this lion is name is Judah and Judah means praise. I believe there's a tribe of Judah beginning to rise up in this hour. Rise up in this moment for Israel needs some tribe of Judah to stand behind it for what's going on in Israel is wrong but for the word of the Lord is apple of the eyes in Israel. We need to shout and praise for your weapon is your praise. Your weapon is your praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I found it interesting when I was studying the life of the lion. Oh, my goodness, this is good. When I was studying the life of the lion, that when the lion gets old, they begin to lose their teeth. For they're not able to eat their food, so they become protectors of the pride. (laughs) They will go out with the young, but they will not attack. All they do is roar. That's all they do. Then they allow the young to attack on the prey. I don't know how many elders we have in this house. How many elders we got coming in here thinking their days are done and their time is short. But I came to let you know for the mantle may have been passed, but there is still a roar inside of you that guards the mantle. For we serve a generation to generation God. He doesn't skip any generations. For this generation needs the protection of the elders. For me to carry this mantle and keep doing the Lord's work, there's got to be a protection in the house, a protection in the hour, a protection in the atmosphere that lets every demon in hell know he couldn't get to you when you were young. So what makes you think he can get to you now? Oh my goodness, for your works will not go in vain. Your prayers are being heard. Your prayers will not be buried six feet under because your prayers are going up. And what goes up, the reign of the Lord must come down. Oh, thank you, Jesus. For it is written, we will not hide them from their children, but to tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done before my generation can take the mantle and march forth the word of the Lord. We need the elders praise. We need the elders shout for this mantle needs protection. All your teeth can be coming out. You may walk with a limp, but what I see in the limp is a fight. Your limp was your fight. Your limp was your fight. Oh, my goodness. I need to see some men and women that have fought this thing, that have battled this, that have experienced this. Oh, my goodness. We need that. My generation, you may think we are just spoiled, rotten, jerks, punks. We may look at you and think that, but I promise you that's not true. When you come to meet someone who truly has a respect and truly understands, your weapon is your praise. We need you now. We need you now. Oh, my goodness. For it is written, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Ooh, I think we all know what this month is. Ooh, for this month is, um, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. This month, when it got passed, was supposed to celebrate the day the government passed the law to allow same-sex marriage. I've noticed something, though, how the color they want to represent is a rainbow color. It does symbolize the LGBTQ community. For the colors are supposed to represent the diversity of this community. Evidently, there's multiple ways to express your sexuality. But I think we all know that's just a lie from the devil. Let's just call it for what it is. The devil is a lie. He is the father of lies. But the word is the truth. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But let's just dive into the scripture and let us know what the rainbow really represents. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offsprings after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I love how he doesn't miss a single item, a single animal, a single, because God created it all. God created it all. So why would he miss something when he speaks? It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you. Ooh, covenant means promise. Covenant means promise. I wish someone would say my and fill in the blank for what your promises is. My family, my house, my job, my kids, my grandkids, everything that's yours. You need to let the devil know in this hour and this time that his time may be running short. Ooh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to let him know who you are, what child of God you are, what child of God you are for the weapon. Oh, I can't get away from that. For the weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. But the same weapon. Oh, hallelujah. This is the sign of the covenant I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. I love how it's in the cloud. Because when you look up to the hills to which your help comes from, you see your promise. For the clouds in the sky, the sky is color blue for a purpose. Blue means healing. Blue means healing. So if you're looking for a promise of healing, look up. Look up. Look up to your help. Look up to your healing. Look up to your joy. Look up to your peace. Oh, hallelujah. For nothing down below will get you. For you are above and not beneath. Everything up in the cloud. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow, I love how he keeps going on. And when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between me and God and Every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth, he doesn't miss a beat. 
He doesn't miss a thing. For your God doesn't miss. He's better than Michael Jordan. He makes everything. Woo God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant. He shows you the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all the flesh on the earth. I don't know about y'all, but I came to expose the devil for the lie he is. For the lie he is. For it is written, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through me. Ooh, in Jesus' name. Ooh, in Jesus' name. We are living in an evil world. There's no question about it. We are not of the world. That's why people don't think like we think. They don't see what we see. They don't know what we know. For you are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But when you get into the word, the wisdom is powerful than knowledge. Ooh, that's so good. I think we all know or have heard this by now, but there is this rapper. Goes by the name of Little Nas X. I think we know where I'm going with this one now. He wrote this song. Recently, in this music video, it shows him mocking the Garden of Eden. It shows him being intimate with a snake. And the head of the snake was his own face. For it is written, in the last days, men will be lovers of self. In this whole music video, oh, I didn't want to go deep into this, but I feel this now. In this whole music video, it's nothing but him himself and I, everything. It shows him being judged by himself. It shows him being cast down into hell. Oh my goodness, it's evil, it's wicked. For this is the same rapper that made those satanic shoes. And when you look into the satanic shoes, I came across an article that made the shoes. And in the article, the owner of the company, which his name is Mischief, by the way, Mischief, put that together. Um, they asked him, how many people gave blood in those shoes? The guy laughed, and he said, I don't know, I think six of us. If you don't think the devil's around, prowling around, we need the Lord now. We need his presence now. We need his peace now. We need his joy now. Oh, my goodness, I can't get away from it, but the devil is a lie. Somebody needs to know that the devil is a lie. Why? Oh my goodness, this is so good. If the devil's ministry in heaven was music, why wouldn't his ministry on earth be music? A lot of times what we repeat is what we worship. What we repeat is what we worship. It's so easy to repeat a lyric. So easy to repeat a saying. (laughs) So if you're going to repeat something, Let it be, I said it. Let it be that I know it. Let it be the King of Kings saying. Let it be the Lord of Lords saying. Oh my goodness, y'all. We need the Lord. We need his grace. We need his love. But he was asked, I believed, in this music video, why he made it. A lot of controversy came out about it. And he said that I just wanted to let them know that I'm coming out of the closet as a gay man. So you expose yourself as yourself. You're intimate with the snake as yourself. You be judged by yourself, but it's because you're a gay man. That's a lie. There's nothing but a lie in that whole thing. There's nothing but a lie in that whole thing. But I guess this man forgot there was another man. (laughs) There was another man that got asked to have the kingdom of the hell. 
There was another man that was tempted for 40 days when he got asked to be to join the kingdom of hell. In Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11, (laughs) then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, I love how in the beginning they call him the tempter. They didn't want to give him a name yet. They just want to call him the tempter. (laughs) If you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall command his angels concerning you, and on their heads they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. (laughs) Then Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you <laughs> if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, I love this. I'd like to view the third response as the third day. I love to view the third response as the third day because I think we know what happened on that third day. (laughs) I think this was just the beginning to let the devil know on the third day I'm rising. So on my third response, I'm going to tell you, be gone, Satan, (laughs) for it is written, you shall worship the Lord. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. (laughs) Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. The world may want to celebrate when a man comes out of the closet or when a woman comes out of the closet. But last time I checked, I come out of the closet. But when I come out of my closet, I don't think about dating no guy. I don't think about experiencing no sexuality. I don't think about doing nothing stupid and crazy what the world may want to offer. For when I come out of my closet, I'm full of prayer. And when I'm full of prayer, there's a praise begin to come to my lips. Oh, I wish somebody would praise the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are so good to me. Ooh. Oh, I've been battling this for a while in this sermon. Because I feel like everything I just said was just a foundation to where I want the Lord to lead me tonight. For I feel God is wanting me to share my testimony, and I don't want to do that. But um, I'm going to do it, so... And after this, I'm going to close. I'm, I'm pretty quick, man, as you can tell. When I get the steak and fries, I eat the steak first. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, when, I was in, when I was in eighth grade, my brother back there, by the way, we're 21 months apart. We're not twins. <laughs> so uh, by the way, Carl's told you're not allowed to wear Tennessee. <laughs> um, but when I was in eighth grade, um, I was a basketball player. And uh, so my brother played quarterback at the time for the uh, high school team. And uh, the middle school team needed a quarterback. So like brother, they think the other one can do the same thing. That's just usually how that works. 
So I was going to go do that. But then the high school basketball coach uh, came to our school, and he told me to get on bus 564, take it to the Burr Building, and meet me, in the, meet me in the Burr Building. And the Burr Building is a workout room. I said, okay. So I found myself as an eighth grader starting working out with the varsity on the basketball team. I have a pretty good season. I remember being, uh, <laughs> well, it's going to be tough, guys. I'm sorry. But um, I remember uh, being the headline of the paper where it said, Elrod comes up big again for, uh, for White House. And uh, so I was the only going into the next year to be a freshman in high school. And I was the first freshman for a basketball coach to dress every single varsity basketball game. I was blessed to do that, and I'm thankful for that. Going to my sophomore year, I was sixth, seventh guy coming off the bench, and we had about five, six guys graduating, and going to my junior year was, it was my time. I remember the coach giving me keys to the gym. Peter had the keys to heaven. That was kind of my heaven was the gym at that time. So I remember getting in the gym every day, 1,000 shots, 1,000 shots, 1,000 shots every day. I'm going to the first day of school. I was working on a move, coming to a jump stop, shooting a floater, because I'm a short guy, so why get all the paint when you ain't got to? That was my thought. And um, I remember coming down the floor and coming to a jump stop. When I came to the jump stop, I felt my right leg go left, and my knee went right. And I felt a pop in my knee. I remember the pain was very bad, but 30 seconds later, I felt the pain go away. So I went out and I kept playing. Probably went smart, but I did. Two days goes by, and I see my knee is about the size of a softball. And uh, so I went and saw the trainer. The trainer sent me to the doctor. X-rays came back good, but um, they wanted to get an MRI done. So we got the MRI done. I remember coming home from school, and my mom uh, called me downstairs to let me know that I uh, tore my ACL. I remember crying and crying and crying. And um, I was raised in this church. Um, I'm I like to call myself a drug Christian. My mom and dad drug me here every Wednesday and Sunday. So that's just, that's just who I am. So um, my dad goes and grabs the oil. And he uh, puts it on my right knee. And uh, we prayed for healing. And um, the next day he came home from work. And he gave me every single scripture of healing the Lord did. If you want to know how much healing God does, write it down. Yeah. Don't keep going for days. My wallet got fat because I put those scriptures in my wallet and I kept them my right leg. Just believing in healing. September 1st, um, 2011, I'm getting ready to have surgery. And I got to the point I had so much faith. I don't know. Maybe it was, I don't want to call it stupid faith because you can't have too much faith. I don't want to say that, but. I just believed God was going to do it. I just believed God was going to heal me. And I remember waking up from that surgery and looking up, and I said, Dad, did I have the surgery? And he said, yeah, you did. Not only did I tear my ACL, but my ACL was just a black hole. There was no ligament there. They had to take part of my hamstring out and put it into my ACL. So I got a screw and... uh, Partially ACL gone. I remember uh, a basketball coach telling me he'd much rather have a black boy with one leg than a white boy. And um, I knew my dream was done about playing college ball. 
two years later, I'm 19, and I find myself in a doctor's office, not able to eat, not able to sleep, not knowing what's wrong with me. Um, the doctor says, looks at my mom and says, we got to check your son for leukemia. So I'm sitting there, and um, I'm being checked by, uh, by leukemia. Leukemia results come back negative. But I remember seeing so many doctors and so many just different things and having ultrasounds done on my heart and all kinds of stress tests, just stuff just attached to my body and just tell me to run. I'm on a treadmill and I'm just running. I remember seeing a doctor at one point and the doctor said that um, this might be depression. I didn't want to accept it. So I buried it deep down to where I got numb to it. And church, if that's you tonight, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. We read in the beginning, cast your anxieties, for he cares for you. If that's you in this hour, when we open up this altar, come to the altar. Come to the altar. Don't live with it. Don't do it. It's not healthy. It's not good. He loves you. He cares for you. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head. I like to think he loves me a lot more because I got a lot less. I like to think that. So uh, what much longer, I met this girl, and uh, we were dating for a while, and things um, began to get serious. Marriage talks began to happen, and um, I remember uh, one night we were on, I guess, this thing called Pinterest. I don't know what it is, but evidently it's a good thing. So uh, she showed me these napkins that got our uh, initials on them. And um, I kind of made the comment. I said, well, um, Walmart's got nice napkins, too. They got Vanity Fair. And um, and evidently, I've learned real quick, ladies, uh, don't argue about the wedding or the napkins. It's not not a good idea. So I remember doing that. And during that time, I remember God pulling and tugging on my heart for this is in March. I'll be 21, and my birthday's in May. And uh, I met somebody I knew and I loved and I trust. And I told him I feel God's called me into ministry and I just don't know what exactly. And he said, bro, that's awesome. I wanted to tell me, man, I was dumb, I was stupid. This ain't for you. But he didn't. So I remember calling her that night and telling her what was going on. And she said she had my back. She loved me. And I know we're in this together. I said, cool, I needed that. I needed that support. I needed that love. I remember... um, after Easter Sunday, I was going to um, tell her parents, um, ask her parents permission to marry their daughter. And next thing I know, I see her coming out to my car. I didn't know why she was coming out to my car, but she was. She gets in my car, and um, I remember her looking at me, and something wasn't right. And I said, What's wrong? She said, Stephen, I'm a lesbian. I remember in that moment, I was broken, I was hurt, but I do remember looking up into the clouds and seeing the sunlight shine through the cloud. I talked about the clouds tonight, and I had a peace in my heart that um, I had to let her go. Before I let her go, I asked her, I said, um, 
can I pray for you? She said, yeah. So I did. And that was it. And I never saw her again. And um, I never talked to her again. A lot of times when we share testimonies, there's always that but God moment. My but God moment comes through the scriptures. For we always view David as this king, this rowing guy. For he killed lions, he killed bears, he killed Goliath. Not only did he kill Goliath, but he chopped his head off so he could hold the trophy. But we forget the life of David. He was a very passionate man. He made his own instruments, wrote his own songs. That's a lot of passion. The Lord loves your passion. But we tend to forget the life of David where he finds himself in a cave and he's all alone. We forget the life of David where he's in the season of discouragement. For David lost his wives. He lost his real estate. He lost his land. David lost everything. He lost his crown. That's why I'm thankful if a man could put a crown on you, a man can take it off. But when God gives you your anointing, only God can take your anointing. I'm thankful for that. But before you can even finish the scripture, but before you can even finish the verse, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David lost it all. He had nothing left, but what never left was an anointing. What never left him was his praise. What never left him was his was the word of the Lord. For the Lord led him to that cave. But I'm gonna praise him in that cave. Ooh, I'm getting out of here and I'm done. I'm closing. But if you're in this house and you're looking for some encouragement. If you're looking for a way, if you're looking for your Lord, this altar is open. Come to the altar. His arms are open wide. Ooh, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, your Lord loves you. He cares for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.